Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil and Christine Baker Psychic Hour. We had to change our time the last at the last minute, so we apologize for that. Though, if we're experimenting with times, I think it's better to do a later time in the day. This was just a slight adjustment because of um, some other uh, pressing pressing business we had to take care of. So. Um, this is not a true schedule change, even though it is a schedule change. So 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. We seem to be on the homepage in the live category. And what else? Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile. I'm opening chat. This is the first time we've been opening chat in the whole 10 years we've been broadcasting, which is funny that we're deciding to do that now. And I am alone in the chat room. We are alone in the chat room. We can't chat with each other. Well, I mean, we can chat with each other, but we can't, you know, chat. Interesting word, chat. I mean, it it actually comes from the word chatter to, to talk. It, it came. It, it actually is frenetic. It, it came from um, the sound of birds talking, and the origin is that birds, when they're flocking together, that they chatter. So it comes the origin of speaking without meaning. It, 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 so you chat. Chat is, is not a significant value of communication. It's it's more like bird chatter. Well, that's probably why they call it the chat room because I think uh, a lot of times the content isn't isn't that you know deeper significant. And actually, they call in India chat is snack food. Did you know that? So like a but I mean we're different in a different yeah. What do you have to pee? No. But, you know, talking about birds, um, it's kind of a tragic story today. Oh, yeah. Um, A man was killed by an SUV after helping ducks cross the road. How old was he? They they don't have not identified the guy yet. Um, uh, So imagine this guy, uh, he had to have been in middle age. But anyways... 
he stops his car. This is near Sacramento. Oh, he was a 41-year-old. They say he was 41 years old. So here's this guy, 41 years old. And he stops the car, help a duck and ducklings cross the road. Um, it's about 8.15 p.m. And he doesn't know these ducks from anybody. He's lived 41 years on the planet. And he's helping these ducks. And he turns around. After they get safe, he's the other side. He turns around. And trying to get back to his car, he's hit by a He's hit by an SUV driven by a 17-year-old girl. Oh, and probably not driving responsibly. Does it say? It doesn't say whether she's going to be charged or not. I mean, does it say she was speeding or there are signs she was speeding? They don't say. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but here, you know, when we talk about karma, here is this man who literally risked and failed to save his life, helping an animal he doesn't even know. And he's killed by a fellow human being. And we ask ourselves why. Oh, and he's a father. And now there, there's more information. So let me just pull this up here. Well, I mean, I don't know. They, they did identify him. I might be able to get his birth date. So let me oh. try to do that. But just, you know, my first question to you when you told me this today was, do you think he transcended because of this? And you said, yeah, probably. Well, so you know, I mean, the, the, the notion of, of, of risking your life or sacrificing your life for a cause does have some merit and some allusion to transcending. Talking about brother saving his life for a brother type thing. But Whenever you, but this man, here's this man, 41 years old, and in helping duck and ducklings cross the street, he dies. Life is over. And he's killed, not in the line of action, but he's, he's violently killed by a 17-year-old driver as though he were in war. So a, a bullet hit him. Well, the thing is, too, he was an employee at Montessori Academy. I don't know what he did. doesn't say if he was a teacher. Employee doesn't suggest he was a teacher. You think they'd mention that. But he was driving. His kids were in the car, too. So the kids witnessed him being hit. I mean, it's really tragic because they're going to be scarred. But the idea of, well, you know, was this karma that he was hit? And if it was karma... (laughs) Is this the last karma he experiences, that his soul experiences on the planet, and he thereby transcends because of this deed he was doing? I mean, it's tragic for everybody involved, but ultimately his transcendence is a joyous event. Getting out of here is well, 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 better than not. But just well, I the, mean, um, we, we you know, if he, had a, if he had a, a journey on this life planet to help children to be of service. And then we we don't know if this was karmic or destiny or whether at that split moment, according to his line of living, what what his philosophy was, not his destiny, but his philosophy was to help and assist 
and to be of service, then he died in the line of duty. It may not have been karmic. We don't know if it was destiny or whether he died in the line of duty. But insofar that he did, leaving his children behind, I mean, it's a hard, you know, 41 years old, his children are probably teenagers, maybe, or younger or something. So, you know, does the universe, what, where does that karma go? So I've got his birthday. Oh, what's his birthday? So interestingly, he was born in Sonoma County. This happened in Sacramento, about 25 miles from Sacramento, the city. 42782. So he's got two evident 11s in his birthday, just at the get-go. Yeah. But 613, 33, 6. Yeah, 33. 6. He was 41, so he was like a, he was, well, about a year away years. from he was eight his, years um, from a multiple of seven. But he's got that four seven. There's an eleven. He's got the nineteen eighty two. There's an eleven. He dies at thirty three, which you know has that illusion. He dies at thirty three. Huh? He was forty one. Oh, I, no. His master number is thirty three. Oh, the thirty three is thirty three. Yeah, I got it. So there's that illusion. Um, that we all know about. So uh, there, and he died eight years before, uh, he dies eight years after he turned uh, 33. And there's an eight in his year. So you could, you could suggest that this was part of his journey, his karmic journey, and that this was predestined there's a um, some evidence for that. Or you could say that somewhere in his life he agreed that in, that he would die in the line of duty and having that knowledge he would not sacrifice his job and his responsibilities in order to spare his life, even though it may have been a great cost. So there's a um, suggestion there that, you know, we, we have to Consider two. His master number six, his first two numbers, four and two, add up to six, and his first and last numbers, four and two, add up to six. So there's a there's a, a, a kind of um, attitude that when you look at those things, you left look at the leftover numbers, seven and eight, which are transcendent numbers, so to speak, high crown numbers. We could say that, well, if we look like we do at funerals, well, he's in heaven now, you know, he's with the angels, he's done, he worked, he he did a fine job, you know, he carried on the mission. Well, we could probably say that. We don't know every detail of his life, but we could probably um, say that to some respect. I, I think that we we all have to pay close attention to our environment. And we all have to be prepared that at any given moment we could be called upon to do a service or called upon to in doing that service and it, it may kill us. But it's that spontaneous action that we have on impulse. We didn't plan to do this. 
he, he didn't go out trying to save ducks. And then in the midst of that, he died. He was driving with his son. He saw the ducks in the road. He stopped the car to help the ducks cross the road. And that was it. No plan for it. It was spontaneous. So in the instant, in the twinkling of an eye, in, in the attitude of uh, what is, what is our, what do our instincts tell us to do? Um, we have uh, that zone of energy that um, is 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 so valuable to us. And uh, Christian's showing me a picture of him with his, his family. family, his children, and they were in the car, obviously, with him, which is tragic. I mean, that's terrible that they're going to have to grow up yeah, with the memory the of losing their like father. Somewhere between 8 and 10, and the girl somewhere between tw- 10 and 12. Well, who knows? 13. Well, the girl looks younger. Um, it doesn't matter. I, and who knows when that picture was taken. But I'm, it's it's just, it's it's sad. And, of course, the driver, which we... You know who we know nothing about. I don't think there's any indication that there was any alcohol involved or drugs. It, no. But the comments that I've been reading while you've been talking state that it's a very dangerous intersection. Yeah, they, and there's trouble, it. trouble at that intersection. Uh, people turn. And then there's a picture. Um, yeah, the 12-year-old. The, the boy was 12, I guess, and it shows him shooing the ducks across the street. That's probably a stock picture. And um, what uh, what is interesting is that at that moment while he's doing it, he's got maybe a minute to live. No, that, that, that's, that's, oh, it was caught on camera? Yeah. Oh, my God. And it wasn't even dark out. No, the children are 6 and 11. So I was pretty close, but oh, the boy is younger. Yeah, you, um, you know that um, that's really interesting that they caught that on camera and that she was. Uh, you know, my my thought was that it was in the, wasn't it wasn't in the evening that this happened or not. Well, that's what they said. But right. I don't so know. my idea of eight fifteen p.m. Yeah, eight fifteen p.m. I mean, that looks really light for eight fifteen well, p.m. Well, the lights on in the car, so it could have been a flash. But I mean, it doesn't the lights look, on in the car. But you see all the color of the trees and the yeah. It's, so yeah, it's, it's a little strange. Eight fifteen is still light. I mean, it's getting lighter and lighter, of course. But so uh, we've got. Um, for the north, you go. It's a little bit light. It stays lighter longer. So, um, also, he was married to his high school sweetheart. Interestingly. Yeah. So it's twenty-three years. It's uh, really tragic. Um, really tragic. Really tragic. But, you know, when we get into, uh, I mean, when we get into the world, we, we, it is a dangerous place. Even, you know, no no good act goes unpunished. It, it, it is the way we look at life. It's in Rockland. And, and uh, but all that aside, you know, we're also dealing with what is set by destiny and what is set by choice. And in making those choices, how do we, um, 
how do, how do we adjust as survivors? Because this man, I mean, it was no different than him being killed in a war. Well, it is different than being killed in a war. When you're, I'm sorry, I don't agree at all. If you're being killed in a war, you're, you're killing other people. Generally speaking, you're enlisted in fighting. He was helping ducks across the street. That's that's true. But what I'm saying is that when, what I'm saying is that the event, I, I'm a firm believer that people who die in traffic accidents, the karma came from war. I believe that I, yeah, there's a I carryover that, from war. So my my corrected illusion is that there's a theory that this man may have had karma due to war. So if, if that karma followed him, and now he's assisting people, let let's say in a, another lifetime those were prisoners, and his energy was on a darker level. Well, this time he came back to redeem himself that sense of redemption and that sense of being um, having some sort of honorable cause and that is to take care of others no matter what the situation that life is valuable no matter what it may be and here he uh, he didn't well he, he literally risked his life by venturing out in traffic so it wasn't like he was in his backyard no. So he literally entered a dangerous zone. And that's a war zone. Traffic is a war zone. And so he entered a very dangerous zone. And it was like he was helping refugees. Yeah. It was like he was. So my, the illusion is that I, I got the it, it's like, my God, it's like he died in battle. He died trying to save the victims of war. Of war. Dif- when you get into it on a deeper level. A deeper, you know, you know, different than him being killed or, I mean, killing others, which he may have done in a past life, like you said. But the question is, again, does he transcend? I mean, does he transcend as a result of this heroic know. act? And who knows what his overall karma is entails? It's difficult. No, we, don't, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but, but you you would think, I mean, you would hope that being so selfless, there would be some kind of reward that comes out of this tragedy for his soul. It's, a, it's unspeakable. It, it, you can't imagine it. That, the way the children uh, witness this, it, it, it's horrible, horrible, horrible to have that image for the rest of their life uh, and to see that firsthand. Situation. So, you know, I think that, and maybe he was a religious man, maybe he was a spiritual man, they prayed that day. We don't know. Maybe he was a devout. It sounds like he was very dedicated to his family and was a caring individual. Yeah, he volunteered, or he helped, like I said, he worked at a school, but it sounds like he volunteered at this, I don't know, school that his children went to, I don't know if they went to the same school or not. So, you know, giving these articles. When you trace a person's life, when a person's already and you trace the space of their life, now knowing that they died every day, 
it's you have to look at each day as though that day or the following day may be your last day. You don't know. So that means that every day you live on the planet, be accountable. Always be ready for anything that may happen to you. And always try to be doing the right thing. Don't, you know, don't make it a Sunday event or two days out of the week. It's got to be a continuous attitude. Being a human being is exhausting. We were given the gift of consciousness and morals and ethics and responsibility. We're, we're the guardians of the planet. So it's an exhausting existence we have from the day we wake up to the day we go to bed as to what our responsibilities are to our fellow creatures on this earth. Well, I think it's an exhaustive I mean, if your if your consciousness is of that of that idea that you have to be aware, contributing, and um, that it's a day-to-day process, not just something you do on Sundays when you go to church or whatever, Saturdays when you go to temple. You know, it's it's exhausting for the people that really make it their life's mission to to uplift the planet. Yeah. But, you know, if you're vacationing and living life, that's not exhausting. So it's a choice. Yeah, and let's, not, let's also include mosques, the mosques. Mosques, okay, Anywhere where you worship, worship. The, the bonfire, wherever it may be, that, you know, when you think, and then when you think about, the, when you get into it, even on a karmic level, when you think about the carelessness, these people who, fast drivers on the freeway who cut people off. And they do not they yield, do not drive with the they flow don't of traffic. traffic. They don't yield to other drivers. They don't yield. They're going 90 miles an hour. Zipping in and out of other cars. Well, it's particularly bad here. It's bad. Not to mention residential streets and school zones or even the potential intent to do harm, like the guy that just drove and tried to drive into the White House, people who drive into school zones and kill people. But, we, you know, I've seen cars swerve to try to hit birds in the road. Oh, yeah. Um, and think it's funny. Stupidity. Uh, a disrespect of life. So I think we have to always consider... Yeah. Um, the value of every second that we're on this planet. Don't don't become neglectful or blind to how responsible we have to be at any given moment and alert. We have become so lazy that we don't even know what it is to be alert anymore. Well, right now it's duck mating season. So there's a lot of ducks around and ducks have been on our lines. And so yesterday I was actually thinking about duck hunting and someone that used to mention her husband duck doing duck hunting and just dismissing it like, oh, you know, it's just, duck, you know, they're just duck hunting. And I, I, I was literally thinking of this yesterday. And so you take a man who's helping ducks cross the street versus a man who goes out to shoot ducks, ducks for sport. Yeah. It's, you know, 
Well, you people know we have no sympathy for hunters. We, we do not agree with hunters. And I don't believe in the bonding and the father and the son and all that. Yeah, bond some other way. I, I, we are adamantly opposed to hunting. <laughs> Having a gun is not the same issue. But hunting, we don't we're opposed. That's does, just where we stand. Does the caller in the queue want to talk? Press one, please, if you do. She could be just listening. Um, yeah. Light went on, that, that means she wants to talk. Thank you. Turn my head. Hi. Hello. Um, I was listening to your talk about um, certain things. And I just wanted to share one experience because I had a witness for it. And things like this happen to me quite often. But it's not often I have a witness. We were driving down a road and a car pulled out so that we would have, like out of a parking spot, so that we would have T-boned the car. The car was lifted in the air and put back to where it was. And she and I just looked at each other, and we both acknowledged that it happened, but that that's my interesting uh, paranormal car experience. Wow, that's pretty intense. Did, what is mm-hmm. other person? Did you ever have contact with the other driver that was in the car that was levitated and <laughs> put back on no. the road? No, no. Um, we just kept going because it was you know, there was really no reason to stop. Um, but it was late at night. It was dark, and they pulled out. I was going the speed limit, but you know, on that street to just pull out like that, I wouldn't have had time to stop. So. Um, Maybe it was a UFO. <laughs> a UFO with silver minivan? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you know, they disguise themselves, actually. Well, you know, you could put this under the category of physics and just say it was a matter of movement and dimension and balance and timing and gravity. Or you could say that there might be some magic in the essence of physics that there's something that interacts with our universe on a scientific level that gives some sense of order to survival, some kind of spiritual essence, maybe, perhaps. Or it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of distance. Um, Einstein used to be famous for... Einstein used to sail boats, you know, fast-moving sailboats. And he would alarm the fellow passengers because when he would do his sailboat in the water, he would go very fast. And because he had such an awareness of physics, he would head towards the boat and know exactly when to veer to the right or left. And to him, it was great enjoyment and fun. I'm sure to his passengers, it might have been a little here. (laughs) He was sort of boasting about the order and the laws of physics. And now he could command destiny through physics or avoid a mere accident. Now, there's Einstein. Well, um, you know, I, <laughs> I thought you said, as I stepped away to <laughs> keep my coffee, I thought you said, Einstein used to sell boats. And I was oh, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to sell cars. You too. worked in a marina? We should have connected him with our... Jennifer, <laughs> yeah. I mean not Jennifer, Michelle, who who needs the what that outboard part for her boat. Have but, you, Jennifer, ever had a, a, your own unique personal experience in a car? Oh, well, she tons of. 
I did um, time-space continuum once. I had to. I woke. I slept through an alarm, and I had to be in a different city that was a three and a half hour drive away for a spiritual workshop. And I got in the car, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it in time, but at least I'll just be like an hour late. So I got in the car. And it was like I was in some sort of vortex, and I ended up getting there in time, even though I had it on cruise control, and I was doing like a little over the speed limit, but nowhere near the speed that I would have needed to have done to get there. And I got there with five minutes to spare. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Time and movement it does have a supernatural uh, interaction. It's interesting that when we look at time and movement and we try to define it on a physical level or a mere um, time element level, sometimes we cannot deny the fact that there's sometimes supernatural intervention going on or something that can't be explained in terms of timing. Um, so... I think that there is, you know, time is sort of a human invention. We created time and we measured it. But we used, as our form of measurement, we used the heavenly bodies. So there is something, I mean, there is no watch or clock on Mars or the sun or the moon. But there is a certain time limit. And when you start to count, you know, you're sitting there counting to see a full cycle you start to evaluate that there must be some kind of connection between the heavens and time. Didn't God create time initially? Well, God created, you know, one day, two days, so according, to, according to the narrative. Days, six days, seven days. He and then he created, count. you know, but, death. But, you know, when he, but at the same time, it's sort of a contradiction because God's supposed to be eternal and timeless. So how can he create time? He's eternal. He's circular. So the idea would be, where where does this concept come from, and and why is it so confined, and and seemingly so contradictory to this essence of endlessness? Because with endlessness, with eternity, there is no time. Right, but I mean, in this world, we have death, which yeah. is is you know not. So it becomes it, a eternal, the essence of eternity whatsoever. We all have a time clock that's ticking. So in your respect, Jennifer, I mean, you, you made a certain destiny within five minutes of time. And then, you know, when you get into the broader picture, like maybe Woody Allen would say, but in the end, we're all going to die anyway. So what does it matter if I don't have a brain tumor right now? Death is always there behind us. Well, it's eventually catches up with us. Or quali- we catch up with quality us. of life, obviously, though. I mean, yeah. people that have brain tumors, you know, suffer endlessly versus a person who dies a natural death and may be relatively healthy throughout his or her life. So, it, it, you know, but the, you know, you know, the miracle of timing, watching a trapeze artist, the miracle of timing is all around us. How we have turned time into magic. It's funny that you use that analogy because you should see Neil on the trapeze. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. It is. It's a treat. My falls are t- tremendously dramatic. It's amazing. Um, so. But is there any other element of time that you can remember, Jennifer, that as we're talking that occurs to you that seems to be somewhat supernatural? 
Even if you think um, about somebody and then they call you on the phone. Yeah, I, I've seen, um, but, you know, time to me is just a perception. But it's validated by, you know, the, the clock. Um, there have been a lot of circumstances where, you know, I've got things that I shouldn't have taken as quickly as they have it, and it's only been minutes when it should have taken, you know, because I like to play with time because I do feel like time is, you know, something that we can play with. So I do play with it from, you know, time to time. <laughs> but nothing really, nothing really specific stands out, but I know that I do, I do find time very malleable and I do enjoy playing with it. Well, we thank you for calling. We got another caller. Was there anything else you want to add to it? That's it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for your contribution. Thanks, Jennifer. She didn't even say goodbye to me. How rude. She's in chat. 205. Hi. Hi, Kristen. How are you guys doing? Neil, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Patricia? As Patricia. Yes. Okay. Hi. Two, I know it's a 273, what is it, 26 or 8? I can't remember. Two, six. Two, Two six. six, okay. Oh, okay. I know you're 28-10-1. Hi. Hi. It's so good to hear from you both again. It's always my pleasure. Um, I just called to see if there are any messages for me. I, I do have a lot that's going on around me, so I don't even know which one to pick. But, I mean, that's nothing new. It's always something going on with me. Um, I guess to, uh, any messages surrounding my home, because, you know, I have that negotiation-type deal going on with the homeowner's insurance that I've been still dealing with them. They have paid more than half of the money out, which is in the hands of the mortgage company, and we're waiting, me and my attorney, for them to sign so we can sign and they can start issuing money out for the repair. Um, but then um, I do have a family situation going on with my twin brother and his lady that um, I've had to go and try to get them evicted out of my our 75-year-old uncle's home. So I kind of have that going on too. And then there's my love life. So just anything that's... Um, um, spirit guys, I feel that's really important that I need to know. Well, I, you know, I remember the last time you called, the topic of conversation was primarily the situation with your uncle. So um, you're trying to get your brother evicted. He has a girlfriend, right? And is, is there something in this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, girl. The girlfriend lives there and her kids and so on and so forth. So the plan with mm-hmm. the uncle, once he's evicted, is to do what? Who's going to care for the uncle? Uh, move him back in. And he has a caregiver that um, when we removed him out of the home back, he moved in with the caregiver 
uh, and she's been around for about a year and a half now. So we just plan on he wants to go back to his home, and then he doesn't want to live with my brother anymore because this seemed to be the second time that he's got with some lady and come in and just they've taken advantage. So we're just we're going to have the caregiver in place. We're going to hire another caregiver. I'll go and spend the night and do what I normally do, and then there's other family members, my older sister. So we're all going to just come together and take care of him, you know, without my brother in his lifestyle of chaos with women. So this, on, this, on a side note, and I don't think this has to do with the, um, the situation with your uncle, as you were talking, I saw an image of, um, you know, those mylar balloons that are heart-shaped mm-hmm. red? For some reason, yes. that's what I'm saying. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> love life. So mm-hmm. let's just check into love life. Is there anybody currently in the picture? No, I um it's so interesting. Um God. I've been, you know, doing my normal, you know, outing from time to time, uh, to the jazz spot and now I've thrown in a little karaoke and I've been meeting so many suitors. So I've and then old suitors are starting to call in. So right now is maybe about eight men maybe seven or eight that I've just been talking to on the phone. No one that I've invited over to my home. I've just seen them out, you know, um, some conversations just to see what they're talking about. No one seemed to really grab my attention. Um, Okay. So I'm ready. Well, I think the balloons represent the men that are coming, have come into your life. You're saying that you said first, Oh no, nothing. But then as you continued to talk, you revealed that there have been several suitors, as many as eight. So I think that's what the Mylar hearts represent, that there's going to be someone coming in soon. But on any other level, does, uh, do balloons mean anything to you, those kind of balloons? Um, I, no, not that I could think of okay. right now. So it's just symbolic. Yeah. It's a symbol. It's a symbol. Um, so that's what I think. I think someone's out there for you. I don't know if meeting guys at a bar is the best place for you to meet men necessarily. Um, but are there any other, I mean, you know, different ways to meet guys, other interests that you have besides going out at night? Um, not, I, I don't suggest online necessarily either, but there, there may be a better place or a man that comes outside of a nightlife scene. Well, I've met, um, I've met at the grocery store, you know, out, and that's just where I seem to meet the most when I go out to jazz to listen to jazz and to listen to karaoke because, you know, that's more of a scene where it's both. Um, sexes and uh, more men because they're, of course, out probably hunting for women. Um, but I have met out of the suitors. I have, you know, the grocery store, the parking lot of the grocery store. So it's kind of like a different places, but more so at the jazz 
place in here so at the karaoke, but I agree. Well, you know, uh, plenty of people meet in bars and get married and they're, they're, they're married forever. It, I mean, <laughs> sometimes the setting means something, sometimes it doesn't. It's still a gathering place. People meet yeah. at bars yeah, and they dance. Square, you know, they do country dancing and they meet. And what it, 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 it's, it's more about what is in your destiny? What is in, in um, Patricia's life journey? Wherein, whether you meet somebody at a bar or a supermarket, your question is, what, will I, one, will I ever be in love again? Will it be mutual? Mm-hmm. Will I have a satisfying partner? And will I resolve my family issues in spite of the fact that there's conflict there? When we look at your life, uh, because you're compounded, you're going to have an extension of energies that get intermingled in the plot of your life. For instance, I want to be in love, but I can't find love yet. I want peace and harmony in my family and things that go smooth, but it doesn't seem to be going that way. So this conflict that's built into your energy is mostly redeemed by the fact that you, we can look at your master number, Patricia, and determine that as, as it boils down, the essence of your master number is one. Meaning that before you do anything, check in with yourself and make sure that you're comfortable with whatever you can control. Sometimes 2810 ones have difficult times, though, meeting the right person and being in a relationship because of that one factor, that singular energy. But I want to go back to what she said, you know, the karaoke bar. She says, you know, probably more men because they're hunting. So you want to make sure that if you meet a man in a setting that's a jazz bar or the karaoke bar, that it's a quality individual that's not just looking for sex because a lot of right. men are looking for that and you yourself stated that. Um, insurance. So she's, you've been paid. So that's, but I think, you know, I think there's potential for romance coming into her life or I wouldn't have seen the hearts. As far as your insurance settlement, do you remember her flooded home? Yeah. Her or water damage in your home, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're dealing with insurance. So have you had any remediation of the mold? Or are you still living under those conditions of mold? Um, we I haven't had any work done because the homeowner's insurance is just released more than half um, to the to the attorney, and the attorney got the check over to the mortgage company. So we're just waiting on them to sign so we can sign and then get it back in their hands, and they relinquish some of the money. Um, and they've had the check now maybe a couple of weeks here, and so we're just like, okay, what, what you know, we're ready. Um, we're probably going to have to sue for the remaining amount. The, the homeowner's insurance because they're, for whatever reason, holding it because what the checks say is the initial ACV, so we know there's more money, but where, why are you guys holding the rest of the money? Well, and the problem so, is, um, too, you're still living in those conditions, which are not healthy to live in. You've got water damage and mold, and you're continually breathing that on a day-to-day basis, so it's getting into your uh-huh. system. 
which is not good. Right. I have been in and out of of my home. Um, I have that the area where it's mostly at um, shut off, and I've had it taped up um, in the attic part where you get uh, cleaned out. So I do. I am in and out of the home, and that's what the attorney is basically saying. Look, enough is enough. You know, we need to get this done, and I, I feel the same way. Get let's get the money in hand so I can start getting the repairs done. So what we'll do, uh, Patricia, since it's you're asking for messages or help from a psychic passageway. First of all, we'll put out energy that this thing is expedited and efficiently uh, enforced and concluded. So we'll do that from the get-go. The other thing Thank is, um, while we're looking at this, are there any um, closets in your home that don't have a sliding door but just have a regular door you open up and it's like a little tidy closet? That one would be the tiniest closet that sits right near um, the, the um, sort of like you walk up from the den into the kitchen area. So I'm sitting here at my um, table and I can see that closet, and it is the smallest closet in my home. There are several, okay. but this is the smallest one. So that's coming in. That is coming into our vision. So wh- what now, I don't anticipate there's going to be suitcases in that closet, but what do you keep in that closet? Oh, wait a minute, Neil. No, no, the smallest closet here is the hall closet. It, is, it doesn't matter what the size okay. of the closet is. The closet okay. with the door, the one that you're looking at, it doesn't yeah. matter the size. Uh-huh. What's in the closet? Um, basically, um, towels, um, sheets, and... Um, um, a box with, um, I don't know, something with the kids probably had in it. So really nothing, a sheets and towels. So linen closet, you keep it as the linen. Is yes. it your main linen closet? or It's not the main one, closet. but it's one of. So it's, so it's like yeah. a secondary linen closet. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So let's just move along this very cautiously. With that in mind, and the word linen Anyone in your family history or in your social circle named Rose, or Rose Marie, or Rose Mary? Rose is my cousin. Rose, um, Rose Mary. Okay. Now, cousin. now, give us a brief description. Uh, give us a little scenario about your cousin Rose Mary. Um, Rose Mary uh, is um, a fun cousin. Uh, she is the she is my mother's sister, daughter, so she's first cousin. Um, we've grown up together. Um, Rosemary is maybe about 10 or 11 years older than me, but I could go to her to talk to her about anything. Uh, she's close at heart. Even though I don't speak to her all the time, uh, I could just call her up and talk to her. Um, she's a... Uh, uh, a beautiful woman. Uh, she has one older son. Um, we we were all pregnant together. My oldest sister, Mary, my cousin, and myself, we were all pregnant together with our first child. 
Um, and uh, she lives alone. She's never been married, uh, and she's a hard worker. Um, a beautiful lady, long hair, black hair, um, light skin did. Um, very big boobs that she always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she always flaunt those very big boobs that she carry and always talk about how real, you know, they are mine. They're all mine. <laughs> funny like that now, you know, funny. Um, very attractive woman. Um, as always have been. Um, any reason, why, been, she, any reason why she never married or? You know, I don't know. I always ask my mom that. She was asking, she, because, you know what? Because growing up, Every time I heard talk about Rosemary, it was always that she was messing with dating someone's husband. And I always thought, why? This girl got it going on. But she had children. I mean, so she obviously had boyfriends. We're assuming that the child that she, what I don't know how many children she has, but one, they, one child. One. Yeah, so she yes. was conceived with a boyfriend that wasn't someone else's husband. Well, he went to prison. I remember that guy went to prison, and when he got out, they tried to rekindle, and she just Boy. didn't want any parts of him. Prison. It was like for robbery? What did he do? I don't know. Um, again, this is, you know, during the time, um, like I said, I was in high school, and Rosemary was maybe like, 28 at the time when I was probably in the 12th grade or so. And so these are things that you would hear between my mother and her mother talking. And so I don't know what he did, but her oldest is about 31 now. And um, that's the only child she ever had that she wanted. She we didn't she didn't even know she was going to have children because she didn't want to have children without wedding. Someone and you were, um, but you had your first child in high school. I had my first child. Um, I had graduated, but um, I graduated that May uh, of '91, and then I had him September. But you were pregnant in high school, so you you because you said you had the children. We were pregnant with your first children at the same time. So you were pregnant yes, at the same time. So you were pregnant. Okay. okay, so let's go, with this in mind, let's go back to the closet. And the question is, anyone in your family, in your acquaintances, or even within your own world, ever was involved in either nursing or housekeeping? She She's involved in nursing. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, I'm involved in nursing. And, of course, with some of my clients, I do keep house. I, um, you know, just, um, and I just do that. It's not really required, but okay. Yeah, so what this, what this implies? What this implies is that there's some spiritual energy in your home, because it led me to the closet. The closet led me to the linens. The linens led me to rosemary, and then after you described rosemary to me and her sort of colorful lifestyle, but the fact that you're too very close all of a sudden took me to the image of nursing. Maybe because she's got big boobs. I don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> but the idea of, of, of nursing. 
And if it isn't, then mm-hmm. it's some friendly spirit. But it could oh, be his this, essence. I see. Could be his essence. So I hope we answer some of your Close some form of connecting you to something higher sounds like we maybe we accomplished that. Yes, absolutely. You always, always, um, you know, help me. Uh, you, you know, with your guidance and certainly your gifts, I am very grateful to you both, and I thank God for you both. Um, so yes, and <laughs> for Rosemary with the big boobs. <laughs> Oh my God, I love her also. Great. Well, so well, thank you. Maybe, so that's what the so wounds were about, too. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think of that. I think when Kristen was seeing with two big boobs, <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Much. Have a good day. I hope everything, you know, Move starts moving forward for you. We we'll put good energy behind every everything you're asking about here. So thank you. Many blessings to the next thank time I speak to you. Okay, take care. Thank you. Well, we're plumb out of time. Yep. Bob. <laughs> well, I reckon we are. So until we meet again, happy trails to you all. Stay in the saddle. <laughs> Watch those rattlesnakes. I'm still oh, I'm like typing in the chat as we close the show. I'm typing one more message. Yes, we are back on the air. I don't know what we're doing on Friday as far as changing our time if we're gonna do that on this Friday or not. But um we will let you know. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye.